cool. All right. So it's funny though, I can hear myself on yeah. your end though. It's like an echo. It's an echo. I and we turned the cell yeah. phone off, right? Yeah, I don't have that on. Okay. So I guess we'll start kicking things off, right? I guess let's uh, start with. This feel a little bit like uh, it feels a little bit like um, like the first time foreplay, like you're just not really quite sure, you know, like where to go or like who who moves first. Um, But if you're a first time listener, because right now we don't know who we're talking to, right now it's literally just us. But hopefully, there will be some more fans out there. This is the Everyday Sports Fan Podcasts. Uh, this is episode one, our inaugural uh, episode. I am your host, Travis, joined by my co-host, Jeff Evans. Say hi, Jeff. Hello, this is Jeff. You want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure, why not? So I live in Southern Oregon, and other co-host, Travis, lives in Northern California. Mm-hmm. I am 100% girl dad stay at home dad living life loving life um there's really not a whole lot to know about me yeah. i uh love sports i love life other love than family you are a diehard niners and giants fan yeah pretty much all bay area yeah pretty much uh, i'm just a sports not guru in general but if I had to pick a sport and a team, it would be baseball and the Giants. Yeah. What about you? I am, well, previously was Bay Area, but now that the A's may be going to Las Vegas, I guess I'm going to be a Vegas area guy because of the A's <laughs> and the Raiders are in Vegas and the Warriors are in uh, San Francisco. I can't really call myself a Bay Area guy anymore. So, yeah, uh, Las Vegas Raiders fan, A's fan, Warriors fan. Uh, But that's not all the show we're going to talk about. We're going to try to get into the nitty gritty of everything around the league. But right now it is December and we're in the middle of football season. So it's going to be leaning heavily towards the football action. Uh, Pretty much this whole first show is all NFL because that's what sells in December. I don't know if you know that, Jeff, right? Football sells in December. You know, I think so. Maybe a little bit of basketball. Yeah, a little bit of basketball. Not until we get past the All Star break. Football, because we got all of these crazy head-to-head matchups every week now. Football with playoffs coming around, and that's right around the corner. Um, and one thing though, too, about for those who are eventually going to listen to this, one thing that our show that this podcast is going to be is it's just going to be all fun, fun and games, a lot of fun. We're not going to have any BS. We're not going to have any negativity. We're just going to be your standard day-to-day diehard fan. Yes. And, you know, we're going to be talking about realistically what other fans are probably thinking, and we're all going to have our different uh, difference of opinions, but we're just going to not have any bias on our teams, and we're just going to focus on the important, meaty stuff. Sounds good to me. And so on that, I will say for me, I will be biased yeah, because ahead. black and silver, it will always be the best colors for anybody. Don't care what you say about that. Um, but as far as the team, well, you know, I yeah. will argue with you on that a little bit because I'll actually say as much as I love the Raiders colors, 
I actually like the New Orleans Saints colors because those are my wedding colors. Black and gold. Black and gold. They did look pretty yeah. good on your wedding, but black and silver, I still think. I still think. I mean, it. Black and gold sounds good, but black and silver rolls off the tongue a little better than black and black and gold. Your mom sounds good. <laughs> we will keep the your mom jokes to a minimum, uh, but. First of all, in our first little segment we're going to be talking about here, we're going to be talking about the Raiders, and this is something we are going to be dealing with. We're not the podcast that's going to be calling for people's heads. We're not the podcast that is going to be yelling and screaming. We're going to give you realistic views on what's going on. So if this is the podcast you're looking for to get rid of Josh McDaniels, (laughs) this is not the podcast because, frankly, the guy has only been in town for not even a year and five and eight may not be where we want to be going, but he's not the guy. He's not the problem right now. I would say. I would agree with you on that, but more specifically, what exactly is the problem? If it's not Josh McDaniels, well, not pointing fingers at Derek Carr, but I think the problem lies a little bit with Derek Carr, but almost is not exactly his fault. I mean, the guy has had six head coaches, six offensive coordinators in nine seasons, and that's just there's no consistency for him. So the fact that there's no consistency, he's constantly learning, you know, a new language, new verbiage every single season or almost every other season. Um, I think it's time for I don't necessarily think it's Derek's call Derek calls cars fault but I do think it's time that you know sometimes it's just time for a divorce it's time to move on everybody needs a fresh you know fresh coat of uh paint I mean I hate to make this analogy but look at Baker Mayfield he leaves Cleveland he spends a little bit of time in Carolina and then all of a sudden he sweeps in on a Thursday night football you know, has two days of practice and he's the king of the town. And I think Derek would do better with a change of scenery. And I think that change of scenery, there's one place I think I know where it would be. It would be in Houston where his brother played. I think they're looking for a quarterback. Derek loves the Raiders, but I think that's ultimately the only other place he would go. That would be so rough if that were to happen because, I mean... He would be going from the Raiders who were like still on the borderline of, okay, they can figure stuff out to go into the one win Texans. It, it mean, would not be talk about not be ideal for him. Weapons around him. I'm sorry. I mean, his number one weapon is going to be Brandon cooks. I mean, come on. Yeah. He's going to be dealing with inconsistencies. I mean, I think the number one problem with the Raiders franchise is that they have a, the poorest owner in the league and they just are turning over head coach after head coach after head coach, and there's no consistency. Uh, I'm not completely sold that Josh McDaniels is the guy, but I need to see more than, you know, 10 games to, to figure that out. I, I need, He needs to have an offseason where I can see that before I can, you know, he had half of an offseason. I believe him and Dave Ziegler, you know, after year two, we'll have a much better feel, you know, of what's going on in the room. I still think, 
I mean, I agree with you on all that, but I still think the Raiders made a mistake of firing their coach from last year. Rich Passaccia. Yes, because I honestly feel that the way he handled himself and the team with all of the the Gruden drama and the fact that he was able to kind of mute that and carry the team to the playoffs. Yeah. And the Raiders were a worse team last year than they are this year, talent-wise, roster-wise. I mean, you didn't have Devontae. True. Josh Jacobs is not having the year last year that he's having right now. And I still am having a hard time understanding exactly why the Raiders just didn't let him at least have another full year with the Raiders. But you know what? I'm not the one that's making the decisions. Um, Well, I think that pretty much falls on Mark Davis and the fact that I think he's a lot like his father. He wants to have a name brand head coach in the building and rich Passaccia, I think, I think he deserved a chance. I think that if he had won that game against the Cincinnati Bengals in that playoff loss, I think he definitely, I don't know if he would have necessarily hundred percent got the job, but I think he would have had a much better pitch for the job, but for what he did in that season, the drama with Gruden losing Henry Ruggs, uh, we had another player release because of, uh, off the field issues. I definitely think that that he deserved a shot. No one can doubt that he deserved a shot. But, but at the same time, what's surprising about that though is no other teams were really that interested in him. So that might say something about him as well. Yeah, and that could also just be the problem with the NFL where they just aren't good at diversity. They're not, you know. Right. And and I think sometimes those guys get typecasted. He's a great special teams head coach. He's uh doing good up in Green Bay right now, but he's oh, there's a lot of guys. I think the thing with the owners is you're spending millions and millions of dollars on these players, on these head coaches they want a big name head coach. You know, they want the Sean McVay's, they want the new young guy or they want the older, you know, guy that has been around. And, you know, even though Josh McDaniels is kind of falling in the middle of the young guy, he has, he still has that lure of being a Belichick coach, which I don't think anybody is ever going to not try to get the next bill Belichick, which I'm not saying Josh, Josh McDaniels is, but I'm saying it's hard not to pick from that candy dish when you see all those rings over in New England. Right. Yeah. Well, I think it's interesting, though, too, because if this is the last season that calls on the Raiders, it'd be kind of sad, though, because, again, this is probably the best offensive talent he's had around him. It's his bestie in Devante. And... I mean, that'd be kind of crappy to see them tear that marriage apart. Yeah, I mean, and wanting car. I mean, I think everybody wanted to see those two Fresno State standouts yeah. play together for years to come. I mean, and we have who knows? We have four games left. We play New England, then we the Raiders play Pittsburgh, San Francisco, and then Casey. I think Carr's future really depends on those next four games. If he continues to come out and show poorly, you know, he had his one of his worst quarterback ratings. I think it was 36.9 passer rating. 
um, it's not showing that Josh McDaniels has that much faith in him in the offense. But who is he going to move on to? There's only one guy that I see him moving on to, you know, and replacing him with Derek Carr. And that really plays into the Niners situation coming up, which is if Brock Purdy starts playing well and takes the Niners on a little run into the playoffs, do the Niners stick with him? Do they stick with Trey Lance? Do they stick with Jimmy G? I highly doubt Jimmy G. Or do they go for Tom Brady? I I I don't know about I don't know about that. I think that they have to. The Niners have to go with Trey Lance for one more year. They they traded the farm for him. And you and you still have Brock Purdy under they, contract. Yeah. I mean, I realistically see him going back to the third string quarterback. Third string, okay. Not even second string? Right now. Yeah. Well, it depends on Jimmy G. Yeah. I mean, obviously, there's mutual interest between them both, and Jimmy G was having one of his best seasons of his career to date. But the fact that he got hurt yet again, that's a big red flag for me. Um, but I think this is definitely, you know, Mr. Irrelevant, more like Mr. Relevant, in my opinion, because... I mean, 22 for 35, 230 yards, two touchdowns, a rushing touchdown, and a 91.4 passer rating. That is as relevant as you get in the NFL and that is what he put up, not just against NEO Joe Schmo. He put that up against the GOAT. Yep. Can't, can't say anything exactly. anything more against that. Now, no. the 49ers schedule coming up. Right now, they're sitting at 9-4 and four in their division. We have Seattle, Washington, Las Vegas, and Arizona coming in. They're a strong playoff team. Probably not falling out of the, out of the playoff race, but... Let's just say he's a rookie quarterback. Let's say he goes three and one in the rest of the season. So what does that put you guys at? 12 and five. 12 and five. So your record is 12 and five. You're going into it. How do you feel about Brock Purdy now? I would ride with him and Trey Lance next year and let Jimmy G walk. Yeah. I think realistically four games is a good enough sample size for me to make a statement. Plus, I think, you know, one, two games is plus really enough. He's going I, to at least get one playoff game for sure. Um, even if he went yeah. two and two in the regular season and you saw enough, I don't know something in me. When I see this guy, I watch his highlights I'm not saying he's Tom Brady, but I'm seeing a little bit of what Tom Brady was back in 2001 when he took the New England Patriots to Super Bowl. He was a system quarterback who they rallied around, who was good enough, took him to the Super Bowl, and they won. Now, we didn't know he was going to turn into Tom Brady. Obviously, nobody knew that at the time. But I think Brock Purdy, if he can get them to an AFC championship... He's locked in as a starter, and unfortunately, that's going to ruin Tom Brady's little uh, nostalgia trip to try to get back to the Bay Area. 
how do you feel about that as a Niner fan? Like losing, do you feel, you know, do you feel happy about losing a chance to see Tom Brady in the red and gold, but potentially having the next Tom Brady or having a, having a stable franchise quarterback, especially one so young and under contract for so long. I mean, that would be a really cool story, but again, it depends on how Purdy plays. And if he plays good, technically he's going to prove himself as a better option at quarterback than Trey Lance. Yeah. But we can't give up on Trey Lance here. He got hurt, which sucks. We traded everything for him. But I would much rather have Purdy and Lance, both of those as my number one and number two quarterbacks, and compete in camp and go with those two guys and not have Jimmy G come back or Tom Brady because Tom Brady's going to cost probably close to, you know, over 20 mil, and Jimmy G is probably going to cost close to 15, 20 mil. I would rather use that money for other uh, weapons on the team. I'm, I'm going to go one step further. I'm going to say you don't get Tom Brady. You go, if Brock Purdy shows throughout the rest of the season and in the postseason that he can be the guy, I say you keep Jimmy G potentially as your backup. We've all seen that he's willing to sit there. I mean, for God's sake, he sat in camp and didn't get a playbook and did sprints on the sideline. So we know he knows the system and we know he doesn't need to play very much. You keep Brock Purdy as your number one. If he can prove it, if he takes you far in the playoffs, Jimmy G is your backup. You trade Trey Lance for draft capital. And now you not only have just a stack team. I mean, what are the... Uh, the Niners are ranked like number three in the NFL rankings. So you go out, you trade for a defensive player, you trade for another offensive player, and now you've just made your stack team even more stacked. And you have quarterbacks. I mean, look at Russell Wilson in Seattle back when uh, he was a rookie and young, and that's how they developed and played all those guys on your team. I mean, you're going to have guys like Christian McCaffrey, uh, you know, Debo Samuel, all those guys are getting paid and you can't afford, you know, teams typically win Super Bowls with young, young quarterbacks when they're not paying them. So you can get in there and, and, and trade for some more draft capital. Somebody's going to take a tra- chance on Trey Lance next year. Right. That's a that's another really good idea, too. So I haven't really thought about trading. I haven't really even fathomed <laughs> to think about trading him away because of what we traded to get him. Yeah. But again, but you can get all that back, whether it's Jimmy G Tom Brady, it all comes down to rock Purdy and how he looks because yeah, he looked great, especially against the the Tom Brady and the Bucks defense isn't bad. No, but again, I mean, there are a few to get two years removed from winning a Super Bowl. Yeah. And it's also, as I said, one game, but now, if he can keep this pace up and I mean, four more games, and then he can lead us to the playoffs and win in the playoffs, I mean, that would. I think the most impressive thing to me about Purdy is his demeanor. Mm-hmm. He does not look like a rookie. Like he was, 
and a huge testament of that is just Kyle Shanahan. Just he's able to get, you know, you look at Sean McVay getting Baker Mayfield in there and having him look like, you know, he's like he's been there for months. Right. That's a Shanahan. That's the Shanahan effect. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And that's that's a that's a difference between coaches and the coaching and and the front office between the two teams we were talking about tonight, the Raiders and the Niners. Yeah, They're obviously. Not to throw the Raiders under the bus or anything, but. They have not proven they, to have the stable uh, front office. Right. Yeah. Right. And the consistent coaching, because we, we're going on, I think, what, year six? Yeah, and I don't think the Raiders now? have had a consistent coach since uh, our last one was uh, Jack Del Rio, and I think he believe he was four seasons, which seems like a long time, but in reality, Four seasons is is not that much. No, not no. really. So with that, having Brock Purdy has a lot to prove. I mean, for those of you that don't know, he was drafted 262 out of Iowa State, Mr. Irrelevant, which is the last pick in the draft. I mean, even Tom Brady was picked 199th in the sixth round. But a Mr. Irrelevant playing as good as he does if he does prove to, you know, uh, your GM there is no joke. He is smart. He knows his players. If he feels like he could stay with Brock Purdy and not go with Brady, well, Brady doesn't seem to be very happy in Tampa Bay. So where is Brady going to go? Well. To me, there's only one one place I can think. Yeah, that would be Las Vegas. And, and. It's only because of Josh McDaniels, but how exciting would that be to see those two paired up, you know, almost kind of like uh, the kids are out to play. Daddy's away. You know, there's no more uh, Bill Belichick watching everybody. I mean, you can just go out and run this thing just how we want to. Maybe we even get Julian Elliman coming out of retirement. Highly doubt it, but. Bring Gronk back. Gronk back. And, and, and Waller. He's been, uh, yeah, Gronk and Waller. Yeah, yeah. I don't think we'll, <laughs> I haven't seen a, a tight end duo like that in a while. Right. I mean, and if you did that, you can think Brady's never really had, except for the, those couple of years we had Randy Moss, he hasn't had a stud wide receiver. So it will be interesting to see what he could do with yeah, that was Devontae very, Adams. Randy Moss was, I mean, we saw what he did in those seasons with Randy Moss. That was just a small, brief stint, but um, yeah, not to say Randy Moss is, he's one of the, you know, Hall of Fame caliber receiver, but Devontae Adams is kind of in another league of his own, um, just with how smart he is. Uh, I think that'd be a, a definitely a fear matchup, but... That is trying to figure out if they will move on from Derek. I'm not 100% sure that they'll move on from Derek. Yeah. But. And, and Brady did say, too, that he's going to leave all of his options open. So there might be another team out there that he. Well, who do you who, what's another team? Well, you need a stack defense and you need. You need a stack defense that doesn't have a quarterback. And that's a problem in this league, which is a good problem that GMs are having that there are a lot of quarterbacks around. I can't think of, you know, tons of teams like 
you know, maybe 10, 12 years ago where it seemed like almost every team needed a quarterback except for maybe five. Now it seems like every team's at least got one quarterback on the roster that they're semi happy with. So besides the Raiders, where else could Brady go? I mean, I'm trying to think right now, process of elimination. And it's got to be, There's it's got to be a playoff team. The Colts. Colts. I don't know. He's not going to go to the Colts because of Jim Irsay, the ownership there. Yeah. We already know sure. that Brady, you know, there were rumors already that he wanted to go to Vegas early on, that Dana White had already had a deal all, all in place for him and Grok to go there before they went to Tampa. But basically, John Gruden blew it up at the very end. So I can't think of a place he would he would go besides besides Vegas. Everywhere else has a quarterback. I mean, Maybe all the, all the, the playoff teams. All the playoff teams, he's gonna go to a playoff team. He's yeah. not gonna go to like Jacksonville or the Texans by any means. Yeah. But you think about all the playoff teams, they all have a quarterback. I mean the, the Raiders City. to me are the perfect fit because a, we play indoor. We're West Coast. He's getting older. You got to keep him healthier. Keep him out of the cold. His number one uh, offensive coordinator is there. They've got a stud receiver. They've got a stud uh, tight end. Good running back, Josh McD- or you know Josh Jacobs. As long as we re-sign him, I'm sure he's going to get a big payday. But Hunter Renfro, not to mention the draft. He already knows Dave Ziegler. I, I can't think of any other place he would go besides the Niners. I, I feel like his his main probably would be the Niners. But again, Niners and Raiders, I think Brock Purdy is going to be messing this up. And I think there's a lot of Niner fans that probably really want it. But gosh, I don't know how you, I don't know how you pass up a young quarterback, especially one who, if he takes you deep in the playoffs, like you don't want to mess up with his, his, you know, his mojo. You don't want to be go, well, Hey, you took us to the playoffs, but you're going to come sit on the bench. Now fall behind Tom Brady. Once you're the guy, you're the guy until you're not the guy. Well, I mean, look at Joe the Flacco. Thing, the, thing is, the, the thing is with Brady though, is you're only going to be able to get a one, maybe a two year deal max but the guy's 45 years old i mean but this is this is what i say getting younger this is this is what i say most teams go decades without winning a super bowl even teams who josh allen's patrick mahomes um i mean look at the san francisco 49ers they are stacked they've been stacked the denver broncos have had a great defense forever you will trade a guy if it means, like, I will trade for Tom Brady as long as it pretty much guarantees me one Super Bowl. Because some people go a whole lifetime without even getting a Super Bowl. When's the last time the Niners won a Super Bowl for you? Yeah, exactly. So you go all in, you get one, everybody's happy. It, winning cures everything, and a Super Bowl is just. Is, the most you can do. So if you get the Super Bowl, you've won. Even even if it takes two years and then you start from scratch, a Super Bowl cures all and it, it's over. 
So Super Bowl for, you know, Brock Purdy or if Tom goes to the Niners or if he goes to the Raiders, even if it's only two years, even if it was only a year, if he came to the Raiders, we let go of Carr, we won one Super Bowl, it would be worth it. You would have Raider Nation just going crazy over just that one year. I mean, we live for the Jerry Rice Rice highlights, and he was only with us for a few seasons. But in the end, if we not only make the playoffs and we win a playoffs and we even if we make it to the Super Bowl and we lose in the Super Bowl, that would be a successful trade. In my opinion, if you make it to the playoffs, that's a good successful season. Yeah, because all every player and every team, they want to win the Super Bowl every year. That's your goal. But my opinion is is, yeah, try and shoot for winning a Super Bowl every year. But let's be realistic here, and a realistic goal is to just try and make the playoffs. If you make the playoffs, that's a successful season, in my opinion. I mean, not too long ago, the San Francisco 49ers had a awesome head coach in Jim Harbaugh. They had a quarterback who was doing okay and really kind of turning his career around and then ended up getting hurt. And then they bring in a guy named Colin Kaepernick and he takes them all the way to the Super Bowl. And that little jolt of lightning took him there. Now, I'm not saying Brock Purdy is Colin Kaepernick, but we just don't know yet. He, he's got four games left plus playoffs. If he turns it up and he plays like he did against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I can very well see it, you know, most likely, you know, Niners Eagles uh, game in the playoffs to go to the Super Bowl. That's a lot. That's definitely what it's looking like, in my opinion. Yeah, Niners and, e- Niners and Eagles. Niners and Eagles for the NFC Championship. Brock Purdy versus Jalen Hurts. Which that's another guy. Nobody wanted him. I was sitting here when he came out and he was at Alabama and then he went over to, what was it? The Sooners and then came out in the draft. Nobody wanted him. They got him. Was it the second round? Nobody wanted him. You had to take a little time, but this guy has, it's been a slow turnaround. They had a change of head coach. They're killing it right now. The Eagles are just, are killing it. And no one's even really talking about them. I mean... I, I love my Niners, but I'll be the first to admit that the Eagles are hands down the best team of football. And on top of that, here's a scary thing for you. Where is Odell going? Is he going to the Eagles? Could he come to the Niners? I mean, you want to talk about crazy. You want to talk about if it, it for a reason for, for Brock Purdy to show out and just go crazy. No? No, I don't, I mean, he's, I mean, that, the medical records and stuff they got, they, I mean, it was like in the back, it was like, oh, he's going to the Cowboys, he's going to the Cowboys. He's not, I have him going down as going to the Bills, the Eagles, the Niners, or Kansas City. I want to say he's going to go to, to, to the Bills. Well, it actually made more sense now from you go to the Niners because Debo's going to be out for the rest of the regular season. He'll be back in playoffs. But yeah, did you see the Kyler Murray the Kyler Murray injury? Yeah, that's that's brutal. Third play of the game, right knee, torn. Well, 
hyperb we think it's going to be a torn meniscus from everything we've i've heard and read torn acl it's most likely he's getting an mri tomorrow but from the videos that i watched the medical professional that showed how his knee flexed during the game torn meniscus gonna be out so that ends you know that's a you know that's the Niners' last game, so that that's a give me because Colt McCoy's not doing anything for the for those guys. Uh, well, unfortunately for the Cardinals, their season's been done a while, so this is a lost season for them. But hopefully, you never want to see a player get injured and hurt like that. So hopefully, he makes a recovery and he can be relevant again for them next spe- year. Yeah, and speaking of player injuries, I saw the coolest thing i'd ever seen in a thursday and i'm sorry not what is today today is monday night in the monday night football game uh new england patriots versus the arizona cardinals did you did you see the the hit on um Devontae parker yeah Devontae parker gets hit t- tackled to the ground head goes into the ground he gets up he's wobbling no one really sees it only the announcer sees it, but you can see him wobbling. He goes to the line. He's having trouble. He's lining up on the on the line. His his teammate, Nelson Aguilar, looks over at him and he's yelling at him because he can see that he can't stand up. So what does Nelson do? Nelson's trying to take a knee. He's trying to get the attention of the ref and he ends up stopping the play so that they can get Devontae Parker off the field. Ends up, Devontae Parker ended up getting ruled out the rest of the game because of a concussion protocol. Nelson Aguilar, that is amazing. I mean, for the heads up, just seeing that your teammate is, you know, we just saw it with Tua, you know, only four or five weeks ago, where he should have been taken out of the game. He was wobbly. And then he gets hit the next play. These are brain injuries that are not good. Nelson Aguilar got his teammate out of the huddle. I mean, hats off play to him. I mean, someone give him teammate of the year award. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, if I'm the NFL right now, if I'm Roger Goodell, I I'm I make sure all 32 teams see that because they they need to see the incentive, you know. I know a lot of guys like to play through it, but that in that moment, he was looking out for his buddy and got him off the field because he probably really didn't even really know where he was. I mean, he was shaking at the line, couldn't even line up straight. Yeah, there needs to be a lot more of that. I mean, a lot of the guys, part of the game of football is to be as tough as you can, but that's, you don't want to mess with head injuries. That's no, head injury is, is nothing to play through. Hands down, play of the year for him to be able to get his teammate off the field like that. I think the NFL really needs to give props like that. In that game... Kyler Murray was my quarterback. Third play. I'm about to win. I only need a few points. Not that, you know, I hope he's okay. But my third play in, I just I just need him to score 10 points, and I win. Third play of the game, out. And I was going to take down the number. I'm going back-to-back weeks. I was going to take down the two top guys, you and CJ, the other guys, and I couldn't do it. I lost by like five points. I, I was thoroughly disappointed. I, I was really hoping for, yeah. for my little comeback. It feels like my fantasy is always kind of paralleling 
the Raiders for some reason. And I actually think my team is five and eight. It's the same record. So my fantasy is always paralleling my, my current NFL team. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, yeah, we got like a, I started on the commissioner of fantasy league and we got a small league this year's eight, eight team league, but yeah, I'm pretending eight team means everybody plays. He's 11 two. He's in first place, but yeah, we got, it's been fun playing an eight, eight team league because all of our teams are pretty stacked. Yeah. Well, and that pretty much has covered most of the NFL. And for those of you who don't know, my buddy Jeff is a huge, huge MLB fan. So quickly, before we end this podcast, we're just going to go over some quick MLB news and any other quick little things. So, Jeff, what do we got going on in the MLB world right now? MLB has been crazy busy with the winter meetings over and full swing in the off season. Um, but what do they do in the winter meetings? Richer and richer. Do and they talk about snow? <laughs> we got all kinds of crazy money being dropped from these players nowadays. I mean, we've already had, I think over four players who have signed over $300 million contracts. That is some major money. Years. And I think, in like a three-day span of the winter meetings, over almost $2 billion was spent. That is crazy. That is a lot of money. And and the thing about baseball, it's all guaranteed. And it's always wanting to make more money than the other guy, this and that. But, I mean, there's been so many moves. I'm not going to talk about all of them, obviously. But, you know, the... Today, there's a big one. The um, Oakland A's, Milwaukee Brewers, and Atlanta Braves made a big three-team, nine-player trade. Was that uh, our catcher, uh, what is his name, Sean Murphy? Yeah, so here's, here's the exact details. So the A's, they get the Brewers' number eight prospect. Exciting. They get a catcher. They also get the Braves' number one prospect, mm. the Braves' number six prospect, and the Braves' number 18 prospect. The Braves got the catcher, Sean Murphy, from the A's, and then the Brewers got two guys from the Braves and one guy, a uh, reliever from the, from the A's. Yep. So at first, like, you know, that's... Not a very good trade, but then I researched and the fact that the A's got a number one prospect, yeah, <laughs> on top of five of the guys, that's a pretty pretty darn good return. And for those of you listening at home, if you're a little confused about that, there's nothing to be afraid of because that is just your simple three team nine player MLB trade, nine players. <laughs> You know, your average MLB, three teams, it's like the potluck, you know, bring your catcher, bring your picks, you know, yeah, the MLB has some of the strangest, strangest trades. Uh, you know, most players are, you know, you're trading for straight up between one. I mean, I don't even think that the NFL does that, do they? 
Not really. No, yeah. Baseball, there's more. I mean, you trade players and you trade picks in the NFL. But no, no team's coming out going, well, the Raiders and the Niners and the Eagles have traded four players with three teams. And you're, I mean, do you ever think that some of those baseball players just show up with the wrong team because they didn't even know where they were going? <laughs> it makes you wonder. I got traded to the Braves, but then they traded me back to Milwaukee. And then I'm supposed to be in Oakland. What do you mean? <laughs> the thing that makes baseball trades different is the prospects. Because you have all of these teams that that is the are big always difference. trading active players for prospects who have proven nothing. So it's a complete huge risk. So sometimes you get some diamond in the roughs, but it's very rare to see just a standard one-for-one, a major league player for a major league player. Those don't happen very often anymore. No, they do not. But, yep. Well, and with that, that's, ex- uh, yeah. That's it, pretty much in the baseball world today. I'm sure that there's going to be at least there's going to be at least one other three hundred million dollar player signed before the offseason's done. That's going to be Carlos Correa. Okay. And, and where do you think he's going? Uh, well, as of about an hour ago, the recent reports are comes down to the Minnesota Twins and San Francisco Giants. Okay. Well, Minnesota or San Francisco, I would definitely be choosing the warm weather, but the taxes in San Francisco, California, I don't know. I don't know what the taxes are in Minnesota, but yeah, but $300 million, I'm sure they're not really, Missouri's not really too worried about taxes. Yeah. At that point, I don't think so. No, definitely not. Giants need to make a splash, though. They haven't had a superstar player since Posey left, and before Posey was Barry Bonds. Yep. And they've struck out now multiple times. They tried to get Giancarlo Stanton. They tried to get Shohei Otani, Bryce Harper, and now Aaron Judge. And Aaron's standing the Big Apple. You know, the big, the frustrating thing for Giants fans is when you have your front office promise you and tell you we have so much money that we're going to spend, we're not going to get one, but two superstars. Mm-hmm. And at this point of the season, our our two big moves have been Mitch Haniger and your old pal from the A's, Sean Manaya. Well... Yeah, and cutting it as superstars. I'd cry for you, but I am an Oakland A's fan. And instead of our uh, GMs promising us that we would spend millions and millions of dollars, uh, they pretty much only promise us that we will grow fresh young talent, get them as great as they can possibly be, and then right when they're on the verge of becoming like league MVP, uh, make sure that we trade them to either the Giants or the... uh, New York Yankees, <coughs> someplace. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, never call me Billy Boy. Uh, so yeah, that is the the issue of uh, being an A's fan is that you're basically, you're basically the farm league for uh, thirty one other MLB teams. Uh, and I would take, uh, my GM is telling me I was going to spend millions over, millions of dollars and not getting it versus, yeah, 
just basically making sure the Yankees win every year, which was what my childhood basically was with Jason Giambi and all those other guys. But I digress. <laughs> the Yankees were no joke no. in the 90s. They were dynasty for sure. Yep. Well, I think that pretty much concludes it, Jeff. How do you feel about our first podcast? Not bad. Not I bad. We finally figured out how the yeah. thing worked. It only took us about a half an hour to figure out how to do this thing. I'm tired. My dog's already asleep. I'm sure the girls at your house are all... You're probably the only one awake. We're the only one awake in our houses right now. Okay, and to send us off, I'm going to be reading us our week 15 NFL schedule. We're starting off December 17th. That is a Saturday, Indianapolis Colts at the Minnesota Vikings, followed by Baltimore at Cleveland, Miami at Buffalo. Those are your Saturday games. We do start off the week with a Thursday night game. That will be San Francisco at Seattle. Don't mix up the, uh, you know. <laughs> don't mix up getting that thir- Thursday comes before Saturday so you have your Thursday night game San Francisco at Seattle they were going into our Sunday afternoon games Philadelphia at Chicago Atlanta at New Orleans Detroit at New York Jets Pittsburgh at Carolina Dallas at Jacksonville Kansas City at Houston followed by our afternoon games Arizona at Denver New England at Las Vegas that is Bill Belichick versus his former protege, Josh McDaniels, Tennessee at the Los Angeles Chargers, Cincinnati at Tampa Bay, New York Giants at Washington, and our Monday night game, Baker Mayfield and the Los Angeles Rams headed down to Lambeau Field to play Green Bay on ESPN at 515 and ESPN plus ABC. All right, Jeff, thanks for... And my final thought? Yes. My final thought goodbye is USC quarterback... Caleb Williams mm. is the Heisman winner, and Los Angeles Chargers quarterback Justin Herbert Herbert now has the most passing yards in his first three seasons in NFL history, passing Andrew Luck and Peyton Manning. We will have to get into that into the next podcast, uh, Herbert. I will say, desperately needs an offensive quarter, offensive, uh, more offensive-minded head coach. Do not want to waste that talent. We don't need him being the next Dan Marino. 